Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show, Feeling Well. We are recording this late Easter Sunday, which is apt because we are going to be speaking at length about the Chosen One, the Son of God. I'm referring, of course, to Goku. I am Ralph. I am here, as always, with Lloyd, and we are joined by a very special guest, returning champion. You know him as the man with the beautiful muscles and the golden dick, Oliver Lee Bateman. Oliver, how are you? What's up, guys? Happy to be back on. How are you faring quarantine? Oh, I work from the home, so this is no this is no problem at all. Everything's here. Completely unfazed. Yeah, home, You've got your setup. Home gym, home, you know, uh, mm-hmm. home food, multiple freasers stocked up. Uh, so uh, the, the quarantine has not stopped you from becoming more powerful? No, I have a complete setup. I have the best, one of the better gyms in the city here. So no, I'm in good shape. While, while the rest of us That's are... are, are you know, kept away from our, our gyms and our gains are, are yep. puttered away with each passing hour. Withering well, away. Fellas, if the, oh boy. If there's anything I learned yeah. this week, it's that there's, there's little to life beyond becoming more powerful and staying true mm-hmm. to yourself. Um, okay. So, uh, we're doing a little something different this week. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be recapping, analyzing, doing a deep dive into, to my knowledge, the first and only English language live action adaptation of uh, the Dragon Ball text, Dragon Ball Evolutions from 2009. And before we dive into it, we've all watched it. Uh, We're gonna get real granular, Uh, but before we do that, there's just two points I wanna make by way of a sort of preamble. First, longtime listeners of the show will know that from the very beginning, from the early going, um, I would consistently make references to Dragon Ball, uh, to Lloyd's bewilderment, and that that sort of snowballed into something of a running joke, and that that eventually resulted in me doing a kind of tongue-in-cheek bonus series in which Uh, an ongoing series in which I attempt to summarize the Dragon Ball Z anime from memory. There have been three installments thus far, and now we're doing this, and I just want to let the listeners know that I'm, I'm pretty, at this point, I'm pretty Dragon Balled out. And I want you to know that if this isn't the last time we dip into this well, it's going to be the last in a long time. I want to assure you. So I, I want to assure what? you that this is not going to turn into a Dragon Ball podcast. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but as the resident expert, I've I've had my fill. <laughs> so really, I, I think so. Really, I think so. Okay, okay. Um, um, I mean, I listen. I for for my part, I'll say I still haven't seen the series, but I did listen to your your recaps, and so that that is what I was comparing this uh, this film to. Um, sure, and I think it's interesting that it. as we um, as we discuss this film, we kind of have varying levels of expertise, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like you're the Wait, complete Oliver, have outsider. You, have you seen? Oh, I have you seen the show? I, Oliver? I've read all of the original uh, original manga, so oh. I've read from the beginning, okay. so I know what this is trying to like summarize, like the the pre Z. This is pre what what they okay. would call here Dragon Ball Z, uh, and. You know, so Ralph and I are prepared to sort of talk about the ins and outs of, of what's changed and 
you know, what beats they kept in it and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. So Sure, but to differentiate between the three of us, I'm kind of the the lifelong cultist who kind of left mm-hmm. left the reservation. Oliver is kind of the academic who came to it and immersed himself in it, but has a kind of objective stance, I would say. Yeah, I'm Whereas, not, I, it's trash. I, I mean, I, I definitely read all of it, but I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, a, they, don't, they didn't live and die it. You know, they, yeah, they, they well, like, no, 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 no. I, I, well, I don't know if I call it trash, but uh, no, I mean, it's like it was not a part <laughs> right. of your childhood. You have no personal connection to it. Whereas Lloyd is is kind of the complete outsider. Um, but before we I'm dive, babe in, in the woods. Yeah, yeah. But before we dive in, uh, I just want to say, you know, I actually went to see this film. Wow. Um, in theaters, uh, me and my two best high school friends went to go see it. Ironically, uh, I was surprised to find prior to this episode that it came out in 2009. I assumed it would have been more like 2006 because uh, I have like fairly vivid memories of seeing other movies in theaters in 2009. Like I remember seeing, for example, Inglorious Bastards in theaters. I remember seeing The Hurt Locker. I remember seeing Avatar. And those movies and my memories of seeing them uh, feels so much more recent than this movie and my memory of seeing this like something about this feels mm-hmm. so intrinsically dated but I will say that this remains the only movie that I've ever walked out of me and my friends went to go see it ironically we happen to know at this particular theater that if you leave within the first 10 minutes you can get your money back and after a couple of minutes we were like well okay maybe this isn't worth it and uh this really is a baffling object. I'll, I'll just say this. We'll, we'll, we'll elaborate on this um, as we kind of go through the movie beat by beat. But what's so strange about this movie is that ostensibly you would think the idea is that, okay, the makers, the producers, they want to uh, ostensibly capitalize on the popularity of the source material. But they then go and change the source material so fundamentally that it would scandalize any fan of the manga or anime, but they don't change it enough that they situate it or make it enough of its own thing that it wouldn't confound someone who isn't familiar with that source material. So it's like, there's an expression that's like bandied about film Twitter that I think is like unhelpful and reductive and stupid. People like to often say as a criticism, like, like, who is this for? And I think that's reductive because it's like, I don't think a, whatever you want to call it, work of art or creative work should necessarily, uh, you know, that's that's unwitting market speak, market brain. Like uh, something shouldn't necessarily have a built-in audience. It has value just because it's, 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 it's uh, an expression of an individual. But because this movie is like so nakedly and transparently like an encapsulation of just like like multi-demo targeting, like work by committee, Hollywood product bullshit. I think it does like beg the question, like why, like who, yeah, who is this for? And letting it marinate for a day, my, my, my hypothesis, my beginning thesis is that, yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to capitalize on the popularity of the franchise but they weren't sure that was enough. So I think they kind of wanted to turn it into like a Harry Potter, proto YA fantasy adventure-esque 
sort of thing mixed with Dragon Ball with a little bit of the like Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies in there too because Goku in this is kind of like a butthurt combination of like Harry Potter and Peter Parker or whatever so I think they thought like all these things are popular let's pile them on top of each other so that'll make it ultra popular and of course inevitably that backfired Um, it's a real piece of shit yeah I I mean it's it's trash Uh, so Ralph like when and I, I watched these. Like, when did the translations of Z first appear on the Cartoon Network's Toonami block? Because it well, was Dragon, well before this. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball as a as a as a, a thing began in like the late eighties in Japan. Yeah, yeah. That and was I don't think their timetable. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think the Dragon Ball Z anime came to America until the earliest, the late nineties, and I think it kind of had its moment in the early two thousands. That's right. On the Cartoon Network Toonami block. So I think the optimal time frame for this probably would have been about five years earlier and maybe like two thousand four or something. Yeah, but around the but, time of Spider Man three. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, but like even then, like like Dragon Ball Z, like it's it's popular to this day. Like the video games still sell. There are still people who like it, but it was never like even remotely comparable to like in America, Pokemon. It was never a phenomenon. Oh, no. I feel like it was always kind of not a boutique interest, but it was like it, 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 it wasn't on par with Pokemon or to do like an American equivalent SpongeBob in any way, shape, or form. So this really is, and this also like comes from like a pre let's adapt every remotely like nostalgic object because why not period which just makes it even more perplexing yeah yeah and and like when they started the adaptation here like most of the people that came to it on the toonami block and i i saw the toonami block and watched that stuff and didn't really go back and read the manga until afterwards like from beginning to end like anybody just came to it from a vague recollection of the 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 toonami translations that that dropped in the early 2000s or late 90s or whatever they hit I, I was still in college when they they hit so like anybody that came from there wouldn't know this source material it would start with what you talked about on the episode you know in such loving detail with with the arrival, with Z, the beginning of z yeah the arrival yeah. of raditz yes his, his yes, nice very armor true. you know and his big hair and like that's what they would remember and then piccolo and goku teaming up but not this piccolo because this is the uh, previous, this no. is the original. That is true. This is King Piccolo. I remember that. That, is- but this is not. Uh, this is this is this is by James Wong, who, <laughs> if you're not familiar with, this is this is the guy that directed the original Final Destination. Oh, look, he did a little research. Um, a little bit of research. He he directed the first one. He directed Final Destination three. He directed Black Christmas, and this is the last film he ever really. I believe he, ever, he actually uh, committed he suicide shortly yeah. after directing this. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this no, was it for him. No. This was the end of the line. Uh... <laughs> but, ju- but just to refer to Oliver's point, that is true. But I think, like, even if you assume, like, when I went to see this, I was aware with, like, Dragon Ball lore from start to finish. And this movie is clearly riffing on, like, early Dragon Ball. Uh, even keeping that in mind, it is this, like, baffling paradox where it is neither like faithful to the source material to, to a satisfactory degree, but like, okay, if you're not going to be faithful to the source material, reinterpret it in a way in that you're at least making something, I don't know, good or makes sense. But it's like, 
it is it is truly bizarre. We should we should jump let's in. Jump in. Let's, let's jump uh, in. Let's jump in. Let's yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda narrate it, referring to my notes beat by beat. If I forget something you guys think is notable, chime in. If you have a comment oh, or a piece of analysis, just chime in. All right. So film opens. I just wanna before we like this this was I found this delightful. Like I, I had a great time watching it. Did you movie. really? I, I I did. It was a I thought it would have been torture that, for you. It was it was like it was like flagellation. I I watched it in a oh, I see. in like yes. a, in like a very in a cold wooden cabin. It was penance and for you. The wind was yes. So you enjoyed yes, it in, in the, in the sense respect. that it was torturous. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So well, let's let's please. leave. I'll, I'll, I'll let's tell, leave. Let's you leave too. your condition uh, at off, the door. Off right? Lloyd's point, uh, I will say <laughs> I also enjoyed the movie because you know as as a cineasta or whatever, Ralph. Surely you appreciated the fact that it it's a six reel film. It's ninety minutes. Right. Uh, it's actually only eighty minutes with like eight minutes of credits. But yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a tight seventy two yeah, as know, we call it in the business. Yeah. Know, like Woody, Allen, yeah. Woody Allen, for all his faults, is really good at keeping his movies to about ninety minutes as well. You yes. Know, so you always get in and out, and this one definitely got me in and out. I feel like they could have done this one in sixty. Yeah, and, no, it's it's. I would say it's a pretty baggy seventy-two. <laughs> yes, uh, some bloat and uh, like yeah. some like high school scenes and well, you'll get to that. Yeah, but like, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of bloat. Do, oh, to do, reach let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Oliver. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't want to spoil the party. All right. Yeah, but um, I wish Woody Allen right. had directed this. Then we would have uh, uh, more uh, sultry ingenues. Well, I'd be canceled though for doing it. We'd all be canceled for doing it if we if we if Woody Allen directed this because he would. Uh, Woody be Allen cool. directed Dragon Ball Evolutions. Oof. How's the beginning of what Manhattan a world that go? would be? I mean, Master Roshi would have a bigger role. It'd be like a Larry he would David. Be, he would play Master Roshi, and he would have like a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He would have like a. He would have like what the fuck a, a, a May an autumn whatever the fuck it's called romance with Bulma. And it'd be like, yeah. Whoa, I mean, like you, I think Ooh. you're very special. You're the head of Capsule Corp. You know, I mean, like you know, you're trying to find the Dragon Balls, and if I had the Dragon Balls, I would just wish we had more time together. You know, and it's then the he'd t- have a nosebleed when he glances <laughs> underneath her skirt and whatnot. But he would be honestly though. He would Bulma be. A- would be his Sunyi, you know, yeah. He would be a decent Roshi. I mean, he or like. I mean, you I know, know I'm dating your 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 mother, but I mean, it's not like we're married. I mean, you're just my you're my girlfriend's daughter. I mean, I don't know. I think you're very mature for your age, Bulma. I mean, you're trying to collect the Dragon Balls. When I was your age, I, I wasn't collecting uh, fortune cookies, let alone Dragon Balls. I mean, I, you know. So, I think yeah. he would have been clearer to the Pat Pat. Of the original too. Well, oh hell yes! The Pat Pat. Yeah, okay, the I think we all know that Woody Allen has done plenty of Pat Pats. Maybe for with, the same uh, innocent reason that Goku, the comic book Goku did. Oh well, Goku's the one who would issue the Pat Pats, but uh, but Woody, Woody Allen, Allen might have been just as a... innocent. You know, he might have just liked doing the Pat Pat to see what's going on down there. Mm, very true. That's going to be the pull quote for the episode. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, Woody Allen, innocent hyphen Oliver Bateman, feeling well. Oh God, no, 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 (laughs) I'm kidding. But he would actually be a great Master Roshi. He is Master Roshi. So the film opens with a a voiceover introduction, and we have like abstracted imagery that I guess tells the story. This is not consistent, to my knowledge, with Dragon Ball lore, but about how like King Piccolo commanded an army of like demon warriors to 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 wipe out the human race or whatever race was occupying earth but then osaru or whoever else 
defeats him and seals him in a container or in a cave or something. No, no, no. Asaru is his 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 sidekick. He's defeated by like a bunch of uh, of fighters. Oh, okay, yeah, he's beaten. He's beaten by like a league of wizards or whatever. Yeah, and uh, we see on screen like these kind of like Sanskrit, like smoky, abstracted illustrations of what's being narrated. And uh, mm-hmm. then mid two thousand CGI. Yeah. Also, that's that immediately kind of to me felt reminiscent of the Sam Raimi Spider Man yes. films, where like yes. everything is kind of mm-hmm. like forecasted uh, by these uh, these like illustrations ahead of time or whatever. Uh, but then there's like the first big quote. There's like kind of a lull in the soundtrack, and then you hear first rule is there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we meet Goku. We're treated to a close-up of Goku. And he is a white 27-year-old man, I imagine, playing a teenager. So <laughs> immediately, like Goku is whitewashed. Yeah. He, and this is Justin Chatwin, who you might remember from He's Tom Cruise's butthurt son. Show. Wait, no, he's not from Shameless. Yeah. The other one's from Shameless. No, he's on Shameless. He is? Or at least like at least the first couple seasons. Oh, I just know him as Tom Cruise's yeah. son from War of the Worlds. Yes. But anyway, he's that. white. He's wearing like the most like 2004 outfit. He has like a long, he has like a t-shirt over a long sleeve tee with like a shitty graphic on it. And he's just like this, this crack ass honky, but they like still try to split the difference and give him the Goku hair. So he has this mm-hmm. like kind of, of hair. this like compromised gelled monstrosity oliver you kind of have a little bit of it going on i have when i when i let it grow out that's what it grows up yeah you got a little bit of a honky goku going on i just it just naturally goes up and i just keep it there but like one thing so what you're rocking right now is with no product that can't be true No, it isn't none at all just bedhead wow yep just grows this way but uh one thing that's interesting to me ralph is that he's also not jack like Goku at this stage, I mean, like, we don't, this isn't really, like, following the, the, the comics, but, like, Goku, by the time he's a teenager, is pretty, pretty jacked, and, like... He's, like, two, skinny cut. He's never, he's never, like, buff, but, 2009, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's that transitional period. The actors still aren't juicing heavily, you know? You don't have, like, Chris Evans, like, truly just blasting out of uh, his shirt or, or the Hemsworth uh, boy or any of these people. Really, you know, and Hugh Jackman in the earlier X-Men isn't as jacked as he is later on. That's true, but I think he is, they are still trying to present him as, like, my comparison earlier was to, like, Peter Parker. Like, he's supposed to be the Tom Holland character. Yeah, yeah. or the Tobey Maguire character, you know. Tobey Maguire got in Mm -hmm. shape with actual weights, a little bit of weightlifting. But he was never buff, he was just kind of, like, in shape. shape. He got in better shape than he was in, like, Wonder Boys. He's in better shape than that. But Tobey Maguire was also, like obviously older than the part he was That's, supposed to play. I love play. to see that. I like seeing 40, 30-year-olds play teens. <laughs> you know, try to get their first date, you know, first kiss. <laughs> but I think what they're prioritizing yeah. here over the muscles is him being like a teen heartthrob. <laughs> he really yeah. does look older than So he's than more like the... in Edward Cullen mode right now sure. than like yeah. Captain American mode. Um, Justin Chatwin is like kind of a... He, if you squint, he looks like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, in, in he way. looks like someone who's trying to be like a Leo. Because I made various notes of this uh, throughout the movie. Like it almost feels like one criticism about this movie is that no actor seems to agree on what movie they're in. And uh, mm. the actor playing Goku, he has these like increasingly 
like veiny constipated facial expressions uh, that are like too intense for the movie he's in like he's oh, like yeah. he's increasing him yeah. like oh, ah! like he has this like increasingly just agonized slash orgiastic facial expressions that are just kind of like very striking to me but anyway because this is his shot like like he's like he's a leading man like he gets to he gets to play goku in in the in the big dragon ball adaptation that's right and like he's gonna chew that scenery and, and like we're not here yet but but people like like chow yun fat having a great time just collecting a check just, just yeah yeah just having fun with it and it's uh it's sorry it's a, it's a sorry state that we find justin chatwin in this film but sorry, anyway we're we're, we're 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 treated to a series of close-ups of just goku sweating and uh uh, we find that he is preparing to square up with his uh, grandpa, Grandpa Gohan, who hilariously is Asian. Um, this is explained away later in the film, but it's just funny that it's like, Goku, it's never occurred to you that it's like you're white and your grandpa is Asian. But anyway, they're they're about to do some kind of a training exercise, balancing themselves on these uh, suspended ropes outside of a little hut in this kind of uh, atop this... Uh, atop this hill and i i remember this because like they're about to fight right and gohan as he he kind of strikes his pose he says prepare to eat dirt and i distinctly remember that when he said that was when i as a teenager elected to leave the theater that was when i turned to my friends and said this isn't worth it and we left <laughs> yeah that that actor Ran- that, that was actor, randall duke kim is really overacting in the Grandpa Gohan role. I initially thought they dubbed See, I think he comes off better than than Goku and the Emily Rothson character. Well, he's having fun with it. I honestly thought initially that they dubbed that man's voice. Like, that they dubbed... This was like a spaghetti western and everybody was just speaking in their own, uh, you know, language. But no, no, he's a theater actor from... Well, this is to my point about no one being on the same page about what kind of movie they're in. I was going to bring this up when we meet Chow Yun-Fat, but I think that Chow Yun-Fat, Chow Yun-Fat especially, much more than this actor, but the two of them, they are making the deliberate decision to act as if they are in an IRL anime, whereas Mm -hmm. the American actors don't really know what they're doing. So you have this kind of unhappy union of like undirected tone deaf acting it's just kind of like a hodgepodge of confusion <laughs> but uh so goku but i gotta say like no go ahead oh no it's just uh so okay so they're fighting on these ropes uh uh the, the actor playing gohan is lapsing into these overly agonized facial expressions um and uh i have to say i made a note like this movie is very stupid, but at this point in the film, I noted that like the cinematography is like kind of not bad compared to the extremely yeah. CGI heavy and lifelessly digital cinematography of modern blockbusters. I mean, this is like an easy no, trap fine. to fall into because like everything's made on a conveyor belt nowadays. It's easy to be like overly generous when revisiting products from the recent past, but it's like, all right. I mean, it's lit. Things are happening. I don't know, but sure. I think the first CGI you notice once the film proper gets started is uh, Goku kicks a bug into Gohan's mouth as a way of like getting a oh that's in this like fight a, like right advantage yeah 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 um, and so that like that's that's the first thing and the rest of it is it seems to be practical effects fighting yeah on see this movie and shit. this movie is bad but it's bad in an older school sort of way 
Yeah. Like if it were made today, it wouldn't be any better. It would, be, it would be two like, hours long if it were made today. That and also there would be a degree <laughs> of savvy and self-awareness in which like the film would feel the need to like appeal to the adults and be postmodern and like shoehorn in a lot of like pop culture references and like memes from 2014 and like Master Roshi would do the floss dance and be like, <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. we know this is stupid. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, what this reminds me of the most are the Power Ranger movies from the 90s, which were also something that was like inelegantly translated from uh, Japanese to one degree or another, uh, where it's like, yeah, okay, this is just something that is tone deaf for children and it's earnest and it's not gonna try and hedge its bets, which is not really something that exists anymore today. Like nowadays, like everything is like insufferably self-conscious and like hung up on cueing to the audience that it understands that, like the Sonic movie where it's like, oh, yeah, get a load of these hipsters, I'm Sonic, oh, isn't that stupid? And this movie doesn't do that, and which makes this movie tedious and alienating in a different way but not in a way that is that is in vogue today. Does that make any sense? It's less boring. It's uh, I don't know if it's I find it. Less I don't boring. even know if it's less boring, but it's like mm. it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't feel the need to apologize for itself with irony. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty astute. But um, um, but anyway, but but we have kind of this this fun fight yeah. as an opening scene and like they 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 kick each other. They're fighting on a pair of suspended ropes, and the fight ends with Gohan winning and like kicking Goku, and he like he does kind of get slid in the dirt, mm -hmm. and he splits a melon open with his yeah, hands, right. which I thought was kind of I, I thought it was fun. Nice you little know, like, piece oh. of slapstick. It's like this is yeah, exactly. It's like okay, like they're they're having fun with it, and I I don't know. I think I think this scene for me was probably the best scene in the movie. Interesting. It felt it felt it felt fun. It felt like okay. Like they're having a good time. This is very cartoonish. Um, well, I mentioned but, I mentioned this later, but the movie is at its best when it's the most cartoonish. Absolutely. But from yeah. here, so like Goku's licking his wounds. Gohan's like walking him through his uh, his greenhouse, and you know, I'm an adult. I know Dragon Ball is stupid. I don't still indulge in it today. But it's like, I'm still capable of being offended by how much this movie bastardizes the source material. Cause it really broke my heart. Cause like in this scene, Goku's like, oh, grandpa, no one understands me. They don't understand that I'm different. Uh -huh. And I'm like, that's not Goku dog. Like yeah, Goku he's never had is, that thought. No, Goku is like a dumbass who's content to be like a monkey in the jungle. He's pure. So to see him like yeah, exactly. He just likes fighting and eating and he doesn't even know what like fucking tits are, dog. Right, he's so a to see him man. be he's this a like man. He's totally yeah, natural. This, to see him be this generic heart sick teen sucks. And then like Gohan gives him like some like generic movie advice. Like, uh, you know, again, like a, a real Uncle Ben moment where he's like, <laughs> yeah. only you know who you are. And then next, it only gets worse. Well, something that, that stood out to me is he does say, to see, to hear, to touch are all overrated. And that's like, okay, that's ball cell king shit. <laughs> well, you always say and that, I but, appreciate well, but what that. you mean by that is that you want to be dead. You're like, well, to see, yeah, hear, yeah. and touch is overrated. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Give me that voice. Yeah. But, he, um, but uh, yeah. all right. So next, uh, we see Goku. He's on a bike. He's wearing an orange and blue hoodie that recalls his classic gi, and he's 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 uh, 
uh, arriving at his high school. And this is the this is the most glaring departure from the source material that Goku is like a fucking angsty teen going to high school. Whereas in the source material, he is a wild boy who uh, has lived such an isolated life that he doesn't even know that um, he has no understanding of, of, uh, of sexuality, of gender norms. Like he, he just assumes that, how would you put it, Oliver? I mean, he, he is, he's a primitive, I mean, he's a primitive, he's a natural man. He's like a, a Billy Bud, uh, some sort of figure like that. Uh, but but here I, it was really jarring. I mean, I, I was blown away because in, in, in the actual source material, right? Goku is never raised by anyone except old men, uh, like senseis, or no one, right? Like, there's no yeah. other point where he experiences any other training from anything other than like an old man or like an old god, um, and and so has no. I, I just I was amazed that he was encountering public education because. That's a uh, that's a Gohan boy Gohan his child subplot like Gohan goes to school but not uh, yeah not, not Goku Goku's not Goku's not in that predicament like he doesn't need to he's an unlearned man and Chi Chi no, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that but like Chi Chi doesn't go to school either as far as I know no Chi Chi in the in in the source material is the daughter of a of a Ox tyrannical king, king in a faraway yeah, yeah. village yeah so it's so far away from the source material but anyway Goku shows up. There's a couple of bullies who try to give him shit. Immediately. Goku, immediately. Yes. Yes. Like, with no backstory. Like, I'm dropped in here. I don't know what's going on. I thought they were gonna, it was going to be more of a rural story, right? Like, I saw the opening scene. Like, it's just jarring to go from where he is there to somehow he's in a big city. Yeah, there's also a very inconsistent sense of place because it's like he seems to live in, like, the mountains with his Absolutely. grandpa. But then suddenly he's in, like, this metropolitan high school. But uh, we, we, we got to move forward. So there's these bullies. They want to fuck with Goku. They like they like throw his bike onto the ground. Goku knows he can take them. Again, this is reminiscent of like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man or whatever. But Goku's like, no, nah, I, I can't. I made a promise to Grandpa that I wouldn't show people how fucking badass I am. And but like before things reach a fevered pitch, this 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 Asian biddy chimes in from afar and goes, "Please, guys, stop." We later find that she's Chi Chi. Uh, an Asian dime, but uh, the bully's like, huh, whatever, catch you later, cuck. And they like go off with Chi Chi, but like Goku and Chi Chi make eye contact together. The film, I think at this point, cross cuts to uh, there's this big airship. Uh, it's a complete tonal shift. Yes. It's, uh, it's really something. Like, it's, it's this sci fi vessel out of like Final Fantasy, and suddenly they're above ancient Japan. Mm hmm. Um, but who's who's and, standing uh, stoically in a hood at the hull? Is this is this green demon standing at the hood? Is 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 Lord Piccolo, not King Piccolo, Lord Piccolo, um, who is played by the same guy who plays Spike. like Doctor Doom in Fantastic Four? It, it's Spike like it's like Buffy. very That's minimal. The That's the guy's main oh. defense. Spike. People would remember that. Oh. Right, Buffy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's, well, it's a throw. It's a callback a, to the teen shows. He's a teen show veteran. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Oh. And, and but anyway, he's a Josh Whedon veteran. Anyway, he has this. Uh, he has this second hot Asian piece of ass behind him in a form-fitting spacesuit. But he creates an energy ball in his palm, and he drops it, and it just kind of like decimates this village. And then we zoom in and we just kind of see this, this, this wreckage. Um, and uh, we see this, uh, this woman and she's rushing about in like the ruins 
of the village and then she runs to get her daughter and then they go into hiding and then suddenly the spaceship Biddy is like on the hunt for them amidst the the wreckage and uh what happens uh they they're briefly and go ahead lloyd yeah the, the, they 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 try to hide in the basement but this uh but 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 piccolo's henchwoman locates them takes the dragon ball and then then kills these people but before that she has the mother cornered and the mother's like here take uh-huh. it and then the mother goes on her knees and i'm like all right this is getting kind of pretty hot but then we're treated to our first close-up of lord piccolo which kind of made me laugh out loud because like <laughs> it's so sudden and we just see his silly face and the actor looks just so like moderately bored and like you see the makeup with like his ingrown horns and it's like so uh-huh. much at once and he doesn't say or do anything he just kind of shows up like hmm, hmm. and then like it's just implied that they just fucking just just perforate that that dang mother in yes. front of her daughter yes and then we smash cut um, back to the scene uh, of Goku in high school, this teacher with like a English well, accent. Tell people to is, remember that scene first. So there's a, there's a trick, or there's like a, an Easter egg uh, about that scene at the end of the movie. Keep that in is mind. Is there? Yes. Oh, they're teasing. All right. All they're, right. teasing they're teasing a sequel, but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say any more than that. In right? that scene in particular. Okay. Yeah, the the like village murder scene or whatever. Like we'll talk about it later. We'll yeah, talk about yeah. it later. So anyway, it's this teacher. Murder. This teacher's droning on about like fucking space or whatever. And there's a scene that I kind of like, okay, so like, first of all, I'm gonna talk about this a lot more later, but so Goku is looking across the classroom at Chi Chi. Chi Chi's sitting, her gams are on full display. She is looking noise, but uh, <laughs> it's starting to rub me the wrong way. I'm like, my man Goku, he's ah, he's not supposed to be horny. This is like antithetical Never. to his character. Never. Yes, but I did appreciate uh, in terms of form, okay, so he's looking at Chi-Chi, and then suddenly he enters this reverie. Her background falls out. It's a field of flowers. She looks at him. She looks at us. She looks at the camera. She starts in a sultry manner eating a strawberry, and I made the note that, like, yes, more of this. This movie should, like, lean into, like, horny, stupid camp. That's the version of this movie. should live in that place. That's, yes, that's where this movie works best, but it only very rarely resorts to that and so goku's having this horny fantasy and then it's like the cliche teen movie thing the teacher's like mr goku and goku's like this is interesting goku's like it's the namics and the teacher's like what and goku this is some fucking revisionist history here goku claims that the namics were an alien species that wiped out earthlings which is pretty fucking ironic because in the source material the namics the namekians are the ones who are the victims of genocide so in this americanized retelling the tables are turned the context of the movie is the context of the movie but the meta narrative of americans adapting dragon ball they reverse that reality and they make humans the victims of the oppressors that are Namekians, which in the original oh text is the opposite. Oh my God. Yeah, there's only that one is... There's only one oppressive Namek in the, the original, and that just happens to be the split from Kami that exists as King Piccolo. Like this doesn't make any, yes. doesn't make any sense. Also, how does Goku have this knowledge? Where is this, this is like passed down from his grandpa? Where was that from? Like, how, where does that little beat come from? We don't learn about Namek's until the Z iteration much much later yes. in the actual well that's the thing series. too like even even like dragon ball 
like obviously Akira Toriyama didn't come up with the idea of Namekians until Dragon Ball Z. Like originally, King Piccolo was just yeah. a demon or an alien. Like it was obviously he was obviously making up at making it up as he goes. But this movie is drawing on the completed text, and it chooses to rewrite that history, which frankly I found offensive. So everyone laughs at Goku. Then, like, there's a scene where, like, Chi-Chi's in the hall struggling with her locker, and then Goku uses his key to open the lockers, but, ooh, ah, it opens them too much. He's like, ah, ah, ah. And then he's like, oh, fuck. He runs away. Chi-Chi chases after him. And then, like, Chi-Chi, they have, like, this, like, awkward, vaguely flirty conversation through, like, just the most abysmal dialogue in the world. Um, And she invites Goku to her party, and Goku, like, very hornily agrees in a very blasphemous fashion. And then, like, there's another generic teen movie scene where, like, Goku's getting ready. He's, like, putting gel in his hair, and there's, like, some shtick with that. And then, like, meanwhile, his grandpa's downstairs, like, ha-ha, I'm baking a cake for Goku. Ha-ha-ha-ha. You know, but before he knows it, Goku's gone, and he goes to the party. Wait, wait, wait. You forgot, you forgot what I think may be the best visual gag in the film. And it is a callback to the to the source material, which is like Goku tries really hard to uh, become a normal guy. And he puts the gel in his hair and he slicks his hair. Back. And then it shoots but up. It shoots up again. It shoots up. It splatters he on his mirror. He can't gel his hair. And it, it splatters on his mirror in a callback to, oh, you remember the real Goku, whose hair is like such a, a jagged situation oh wow and so you think that was for, a knowing nod to like you know what goku's hair is really like but yeah, we're not I mean, choosing yeah. to do that yeah i mean otherwise why would it spring back like i mean it wouldn't like because you otherwise you didn't know this at all that only makes me angrier <laughs> it's such a terrible <laughs> nod too. it's like a mediocre <laughs> it's like they're rubbing it in my face yeah, it's it's of all the things they could have picked. I, I mean, I I never really thought how the hair was essential to the character. I don't know if there's beats in the original comics about his specific hair or, or the hair. No, his hair is taken for granted. I think it's just uh, there may be some joke about it later down the line or something. I, well, I all the characters have like all you know, all the men at least have like Big fucked hair. up spiky hair. Well, yeah. they're bald. You know, one yes. or the other. They're either like they're either like bald, like Tian Shinhan, or they're uh, big haired. Yeah. yeah, but it's not like considered anomalous within the world that he no, has like big spider. Not, not for humans or aliens. They all have yeah. here. So he shows up at the party, more like typical teen movie shit. The bullies are like, fuck you, punk. And then Goku's like, you know what? This time I am going to fight them. And there's like a fight scene, the style of which I guess is like <laughs> the Matrix, but very shitty, you know? And he knocks them all out, and then Chi Chi shows up. But the whole point is that the whole point is that he never punches them. He avoids their attacks, and they end up is that true? fucking up each other's. Yeah, yeah, that was. I the don't whole point. Oh, he just like he guides them, them into like yeah. car windows and, and, or whatever. And, like, they end up they end up hitting and kicking each other. He does like a Bugs and, Bunny uh, type move yeah. at one point where he like lays down. Uh, puts his hand on his head and like winks at them or something like that. Yeah, well, this I mean, this is like this is a big moment that reminded me of like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films that came out a few years prior because they like try to give him like these like bon mots where he's like that's gotta hoit and like uh, hope you like glass Nimrod or whatever just like dumb shit like that that's like delivered in such a in such a tone deaf manner and then like Chi Chi shows up and it's her party and she's like huh. And Goku's like, ha, what can I say? And it's funny because it's like, it's not just like they were fighting. It's like 
four men are unconscious and two cars have been totaled. So it's like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, and Chi-Chi's I mean, like, huh? <laughs> oh, Goku. At this you point know, in the movie, but, Ralph, I'm really like puzzled too because like every scene that's shot, the locations are so jarring. Like this is like what? I think this is at night and like, it looks like it's just shot it's just like, off like a McMansion. Yeah, that could shot be off anywhere. a WB show or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like Riverdale or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. And then the previous scenes, like a generic, like high school type scene, uh, a generic, uh, the most generic teacher that that you could imagine. And before that, we're in nature. Yeah, the school is like in like futuristic Chicago. And then where is the Goku city? Goku and Gohan's yeah. hut is like in the highlands of wherever land. And then all of a sudden, we're in like Piccolo this mansion in a, Westchester. And Lord Piccolo yeah. attacks a village. Like they're just all over. None of these places. Yeah. I know in dra- the the Dragon Ball world, there's not a lot of continuity of place either. But that's like kind of cute in there and by design and like there's like two cities or something you know what I mean like there's not a whole well, lot well the Piccolo thing is one thing but like between like Goku and Chi Chi and Gohan these are presumably places that are supposed to be in close proximity to one another <laughs> you would, I, I mean yeah. you would imagine so and it's totally confusing so like just, just from the perspective of presenting this to somebody it's already really confusing tonally like yeah. I anyway back to the yeah so like alright so like Goku and Chi Chi they're having a little time alone they're doing a little mosey. They're having a little moment, you know. And Goku's like, he's opening up. He's he's doing that move, you know, where he's like, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I never, never fit in anywhere, you know. And she's like, oh wow, that's cool, you know. Her pussy is getting not dry. Uh, but then there's like these kind of like um, he's like giving these like ominous glances at the full moon, you know. And this like cross cuts with like uh, Grandpa Gohan. He's like meditating at home, right? And then oh, someone's at the door. He's attacked. It's the 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 hot Asian biddy in the in the uh, in the spacesuit, you know, and they square off for a little bit. But then who enters? King Piccolo, right? And then like Gohan's like, oh fuck, Piccolo. And then Piccolo, he like basically does exactly a ripoff of like Darth Vader doing the Force grip thing to him. He's like lifting him up with his hand with like some invisible invisible beam and like hurting him. And then he just like burns his house down or whatever, right? The the visual centerpiece of the scene is uh is Lord Pickle standing outside the house and he he closes his hand and Gohan's house is crushed along with it. So this is how powerful this guy is. The grandpa is in 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 a tough situation. Yeah, and Goku senses and, this. He, and Goku knows. Yeah. yeah, and he bails on the puss, which was refreshing Ooh. for a moment. I was like, all right, this Goku yep. is not so horny that he'll find. Uh, and he goes to uh, his home, his domicile. He's uh, he's obviously uh, uh, shocked to find that it is in ruins. Uh, he finds uh, a, a, a beleaguered Grandpa Gohan. And this is like the key, like Uncle Ben scene where it's like Grandpa Gohan is dying. It's like, you must collect the Dragon Boss and defeat King Piccolo, but always remember that burst you are mine, that you are you. And he dies and Goku, he's sad crossfades the next morning he's like weirdly not that upset as he like finishes like burying his grandpa and then he's just like hmm you know uh, on, on to the next thing and then um and then he's just home you know there are no cops in this world i guess he just no, goes back into totally his bedroom no, no reaction <laughs> i mean there's no cops involved in the beating of those boys and then there's yeah. no cops involved in, in this so yeah it, it, there's only like 30 people that live in this world 
Yeah, it's like my grandpa has been killed by an invisible assailant. Time to move on. And uh, he's, he's walking around the house. He's poking around. And he finds like a chest that has like the classic Goku gi in it, you know, like the orange and blue gi. But just as he hears it, Lloyd, what happens? Um, wait, sorry. The uh... There's a rummaging and someone's yes, downstairs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh boy, you, you think it's you think it's those villains again. Mm-hmm. But it's not. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is not other than it is yet another. A lady puts it a is. gun in his face. Lady puts a gun right in his face. This is Emily Rossum, um, and uh, Emily Rossum is uh, is all decked out with a couple of couple of fine firearms. Looking like Jennifer <laughs> Garner from Alias. And, uh, Looking she's a lot stopped, like he's stopped by a yeah. hot white piece of ass. White piece of yeah, ass. And she's looking like Jennifer Garner from Alias. I mean, it's like a dead ringer there. Man. It's my fucking Bulma looking for the Dragon Balls. So for those keeping score, <laughs> Goku White, Grandpa Asian. Bulma White, make of that what you will. Criticism. I would have liked to have seen Bulma in a, you know, I don't know, sluttier manner and dress. All right. Bulma always weaponized her sexuality in the source material. And this is very sanitized by comparison. Also, I noted that Goku suddenly is holding his power pole. I don't know where he got that from, but he has that. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, does he have that in the opening scene with Grandpa Gohan? I don't, I don't remember. But like Bulma he tells was, some story about how she fought spacesuit girl in some like sci-fi compound. There's like a very, very stilted, uh, very stilted dialogue is exchanged between her and Goku. She says she has like a awful. Dragon Ball radar. And yeah. like, just to give you, I, I made a note of just like how bad this dialogue is. Like all the dialogue in the movie, like this was very clearly like an international co-production. So it <laughs> yeah, has yeah, the quality yeah. of like all the dialogue feels like it was like put through Google Translate <laughs> yeah, yeah, into yeah, English. So like he says like, oh, so that tracks Dragon Ball energy. And she says, Dragon Ball energy, DBE, catchy. And it's like, uh, whatever, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, but, it'd be uh, funny like today if it were a meme, like BDE is a meme today in 2020 oh yeah a missed opportunity Very. this this film was truly out of its time <laughs> it's true so goku <laughs> says he needs to find master roshi if that was said before i don't remember it but uh <laughs> no, yeah not, they, they gotta they gotta before. find master roshi they both agree um, but they, they team up they both yeah. agree to go dragon ball hunting together to find roshi uh, okay, so this is one of, okay, reference to the source material. She has a capsule. She throws the capsule, like a little tic-tac that explodes into like a motorcade or whatever. There you go. Uh, you go and then they like go on their road trip. Yeah. And uh, suddenly they're in some like futuristic city. Uh, Bulma can't find Roshi in some like digital directory. And then like, again, more inane like dialogue that I suppose is supposed to be flirty. Goku is like nagging her in some way while eating a turkey leg, which is supposed to be like, I guess like a reference to Goku always being hungry. But uh, suddenly uh, he's like, ha yeah, learn how to use a directory much. And she's like, shove it, something. It's like very cringy. But then she starts detecting something on her radar and they, they happen upon this like shitty two story building. It's like isolated from other buildings too. It's another yeah, it's place. Like there's, yeah, nowhere. it's like it's by the I harbor, this. but there's like a weird physical uh, vertical protrudence into the harbor. And like this is supposed to be like the film's equivalent of like Roshi's Island, which is like a literal island, but instead it's just kind of like a shitty like urban boarding house. 
and uh, it's like a it's it's a nail house. It's like a it's like a like an urban holdout from like a, like a nail house is what happens when you're when like you own a house and someone else wants to build like something big where you live and you fight it as hard as you can. And so like Roshi's house is just this 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 ancient holdout and it's surrounded by a pit that construction is happening in. Yeah, it's like and, it's like uh, it's, it's as if Roshi and his cohorts are squatters. Yeah. But, yeah. but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Bulma breaks into the house. They're looking around. Goku, there's some shtick. He accidentally knocks something over and he awakes uh, none other than legendary Hong Kong actor Chow Yun-Fat, who mm-hmm. some of you may know from uh, many classic films from the Hong Kong New Wave, notably John Woo's The Killer and uh, Hard Boiled. But he's slumming it here as Master Roshi. And as I said earlier, more than any other actor in this movie, he seems committed to behaving as if he's like actually an anime character. He has like very broad, like physical movements and like kind of vocal inflections. And like, I appreciate having a great time again. I appreciate the choice, but it's pretty fucking cringe. But like him and Goku have the same like shitty diet matrix fight and just like another example of like bad dialogue like as they're as they're battling they're interrupted by Bulma and she's like stop you have to stop which is like the kind of like weird tone deaf moment that can only come with like very bad screenwriting because like okay you just broke into this house Goku is suddenly fighting with a man you don't know and you're like stop you have to like it's just so weirdly not correct her reaction but then they fight a little bit more and eventually they do stop. And I don't know, they talk. Roshi's like, oh, so you're Goku. I know Gohan, ba ba ba. And uh, Oliver, are you still there? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah, and he's, okay, cool. uh, he's, it's, it's a bit, I mean, they do give uh, Roshi, he's wearing a shirt with uh, like an anime babe on it. I made a note of that. And I was afraid that they were going to completely erase Roshi's horniness. There's I was two completely references prepared. to it, two references to it that we get in this sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, they're like, all right, we need to team up. We need to find the Dragon Balls together. As he's looking for something, Bulma finds like his issues of like the Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit magazine. model. He says yeah, the classic yeah. or collector's exactly. item. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. Like I think they're 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 saddling up, and it's like Roshi's like, yeah. I'm gonna train you. And uh, like in the manga, it's like Goku wears like a weighted turtle shell, but Roshi's like here wear this really big backpack which again is like another thing where it's like if you're not familiar with the source material at all that would just seem baffling if you are familiar it's like why not just make it the turtle shell like why are you stripping everything of its idiosyncrasy (laughs) yeah but then he sits behind bulma on like the the backseat of her motorcycle and there's like a moment where she's like move your hands maybe it's a little bit too close yeah that's right so i appreciated that that gave me some hope for the film because i was like all right they're going with horny roshi yeah Horny all Roshi. And uh, I, I knew of Horny Roshi from your recap, and I was looking forward to more of that. But we were largely disappointed. Um, you know, one thing I'll say at this they, point is that it's it's really tough. Like, Emily Rossum was, like, on a, a career on the rise at one point. Like, in that Phantom of the Opera movie that Joel Schumacher did, she's the lead. Like, a lot before, well before this movie. She and, was. And she is like, I believe that was 2005. Yeah, she's like opposite Butler, who would go on to, Gerard Butler, who would go on to, like, a minor league of fame. But she had the Showtime show after this, right? What show did she do there? I yeah, just remember from, I just remember as Kristen Shameless. 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 She did for many years so she after and this. she and that dude, Chatwin, are, are on, 
slept. They just yeah. pulled them off. That's a common trope too, just hiring these people off premium TV shows to give something like a patina of. Uh, but Shameless came after this, I believe. Oh yeah, it'd be too. Maybe they saw. Maybe they did, saw yeah. this. Yeah, well, that's the thing. This like, movie doesn't have like necessarily bad actors. It's just like it's such an incoherent mess of a movie that no one knows I mean, what Bo- to Bola's do. Bola's character is terribly written in here. I mean, at one yeah. point she says she has a PhD, which is you know something at character B. But it just she and my the assassin really have no. There's nothing about them that you. Oh, is space shoots girl supposed to be my? I think that's her name. I think that's the name of that. I that didn't catch character. that. I didn't catch her name. Yeah, but... I, b- I believe so. Uh, yeah, my is is the name. Uh, it's even in the listing. Uh, also called Erica. <laughs> mm. Well, the actor's huh. name is Erica. The woman doing it. My is the name. Right. Of well, anyway, they, they make a place. St- they make a pit stop at a place that pretty much looks like Central Park, but it's like full of people in leggings and karate outfits fighting, and none other <laughs> than Chi-Chi is there. There's a beat. That's a beat from the original because Chi-Chi's tough. Yeah, and, and she, very and she enters one of the ringer, but. she enters one of the Budokais, right? So that's a yes. that is a throwback to well, that's like, she enters the, the the final one in the Dragon Ball run. Does she fight? Co- does she fight, fight Piccolo Junior or Ma Junior in that one, or does she fight Goku and lose? No, she fights Goku in the first round, and but it's kind of like a flirtatious battle that like kind of consummates okay. their relationship. Yeah, because she's like kind of. You know, she's a little mad at Goku because Goku is never horned, which is betrayed by this movie. But then, like, she kind of earns Goku's respect <laughs> through fighting her here. But anyway, Chi-Chi is there and her and Goku reunite, uh, which I feel like doesn't quite make sense because presumably they've been on the road for, like, a long-ass time. And Goku and Bulma had already left the original setting to find Roshi. And it had been previously established <laughs> yeah, sure. that Chi-Chi, I don't know, whatever. But um, <laughs> at this point, I'm starting to kind of dig Chow Yun-Fat as Rochi and like his trench coat over the Hawaiian shirt, clearly like drinking yeah, a coat fun. that's supposed to be a beer. I'm like, that's cool. I dig that energy. I, I, I you know, I'm kind of that guy. But um, <laughs> apparently folks are training for a fighting tournament or a Budokai, as you say. They leave, but Chi-Chi's like, hey, Goku, come to the tournament. Maybe we could, quote, mix things up, which I suppose is supposed to have some kind of flirtatious connotation. We cut to another CU of Goku making a gratuitously constipated face, doing a handstand in the back of like this this carriage uh, that Bulma's pulling on her motorcycle. He has to like snatch an orange from Masaroshi's hand. There's some shtick there. He explodes the orange with a uh, with a key a, blast, uh, an air blast. Yeah. yeah, and then like they start to crash, and it's like during this motorcycle scene where Bulma says like flatly. I am sensing a Dragon Ball ahead. Like, maybe I was just going loopy, but I was starting to dig the, like, idiotic silliness of it all. Like, mm-hmm. it almost reaches, like, a level of camp that I think the rest of the movie should have been where there's, like, so much stupid bullshit concurring at once. Um, yeah. Like, like, it almost starts to feel like... I haven't seen the Wachowskis, like, Speed Racer. I, I have, like, I have. You mm. could have done this movie like that. It would have been... Yeah, like, been that's redeemable. the ideal version of this movie. Yeah. And in this moment, as they're crashing, I'm like, oh, I can kind of see this. So they crash and they fall into, what would you call it, Lloyd? Like a valley or a ravine or something or... It's, uh, well, it, it ends up being... Well, we know what it is, but it, it's like a, it's like a, it's a pit. Yeah. It's a pretty like lava in straightforward... It stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but it, it's a, it's a trap. It ends up being a trap. Well, a dude bro with a soul patch appears, and, yeah. and let's describe him, boys. How would you describe this man who appears? He's like a K-pop singer. He he is apparently a K-pop singer. He's like a tall, mm-hmm. but bigger, bigger than you'd expect. He's like a bigger. But he's got like a surfer bro vibe. He's got like yeah, he's, he's got, got like he's Korean, but he's got tousled he's hair. He's got blonde hair, uh, a soul patch, and he's fairly big. He's bigger than uh, Justin Chatwin. 
Oh, for he's, sure. Yeah. He's wearing kind of like a like desert raider. He's mm-hmm. got an open stuff. shirt, right? Like he doesn't have a shirt on underneath. Yeah. Or is he he's sleeveless? It's like a vest he's sleeveless. situation. He's yeah, definitely yeah. sleeveless. Um, In other words, he's like a super cool guy. Yeah. And he's like, yo, yeah. Yeah. you guys need some help. And it's in this moment where I suspected they like kind of try to introduce like the Bulma characteristic of like honey potting men and like using yes. her sex, like weaponizing her sexuality. And at this moment, I'm starting to perk up. I'm like, I'm all right. And she's like, ha, leave this to me. And she's like, hey, would you help us? But she just kind of smiles. But like for a hot second, I was like, just like the way she was positioning herself, I was like, shit, is she going to like show him her panties like in the manga? But no such luck. And uh, there must have been like something in Emily Rossin's contract that there's like no cleavage, no panties or whatever. But like, so she's just like, hey, don't you want to help us, big guy? And he's like, yeah, sure, for some money. And then as you say, uh, also, I made a note that the character says, for a pretty thing like you, no problemo. So I mean, that's everything you can know about this character. I mean, the dialogue in this is, is unbelievably bad. <laughs> and, like, I mean, it, it, it is as you say. It's it's Google Translate ease, but mixed in with like, you know, stuff that has to move the plot forward because otherwise, it, it would be very difficult to keep up with where we are and what we're going to do in these scenes. I like, I, I'm also really puzzled at like training is such a core part of Dragon Ball, and they just cram it in in like one and two minute increments here, and and things like mm-hmm. like. The turtle, sh- like, weighted clothing. Like, that just gets kind of sloughed off. Like, Yeah, what's weird, because it's like you're still including it in some capacity, but you're simul- – like, by including it, you're baffling people who are not familiar, but you're also changing it enough that it's yeah. not consistent with the people who are familiar. So it's like, why even do it? I mean, this might be the worst example of this that I've ever seen. Like, uh, like somebody involved in the writing process here felt compelled to keep some of this. But the brand was so insignificant here in the U.S. by this point that, like, anybody rolling in the theater to see this who was a fan would be disgusted and leave early like you did. Or yeah. or they would just be a random person who wouldn't even notice some of these things as everything or else is Or reinterpret it by. to such an extent that it's something that is good or at least makes sense. But it's like neither of those things. It, like, half pays lip service to the source material and half tries to make something that is like nakedly pandering another, another thing to something to say right now is that we're halfway through this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Look, it's a rich text. Like it's a rich we're text. literally halfway through this movie. <laughs> and, like if you look at like the uh-huh. typical arc of an action movie, there's a lot more stuff that usually they, they dispatch each of these scenes in no time flat. I will say this. It assumes a more episodic structure after this <laughs> that I think works a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, oh, I wanted to, I made a note, uh, just like referring to like how horny the original manga was, like the most egregious example. So this character that this uh, hot K-pop dude with the fat Adam's apple is playing, he's he playing Yamcha. He's a huge one, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good one. You could not And you know he's got a big old dong as yeah. well. But uh, I don't know if you uh, you read up to the fortune teller Baba saga, Oliver. But I, I, anyway, read, I read the whole thing. So, that, that's so anyway, long fight. story short, there's, yeah. there's one part in Dragon Ball where Yamcha's fighting this invisible man and he's getting his ass kicked but he always Krillin gets his has... ass kicked that's another thing Yamcha yes, always yeah, Yamcha's a cuck but but just very quickly <laughs> Krillin has this idea and he like he's like okay he positions Bulma in front of Master Roshi in such a way and they're both like huh what's going on and then he goes like one two three and he pulls down Bulma's tube top exposing her breasts I, I beat off to her breasts in the manga as a boy. Wow. And Master Roshi sees her breasts, and as is his want, he's so turned on 
his nose starts geysering blood to the extent that it coats the invisible man. So Yamcha is suddenly able to see him and defeats him. And it's like, who, like, first of all, that's not only so perverse, it's so contrived. And it's like, who (laughs) fucking thinks of that? So that's how kind of like perverted and out there the Mm. manga gets. And here Bulma's not even showing her panties. I'm not saying she should. No, but it's a very boring presentation of that character. Yes, like that. Yes. Like that. Yeah. That character yeah. is a combination of brains and the female equivalent of brawn. Yeah, but not here. She just not she here. Just, just not kind here. of dressed like no. Tomb Raider or looking like Jennifer Garner from Alias and adding nothing to every scene. She was very yeah. much an of the moment. Like, oh yeah, that's a like kind of reductively conceived like. Uh, Heroin, yeah. I mean, I'd like to it's know like, that. Yeah, we may be objectifying no her, but she has a ray gun, and oh, you better not touch my ass. I'd like you know, to that's know like that that actress's process. I mean, because you know she's fairly skilled. Like, why is she do- like this? This is a terrible job. Just the well, that's the thing. This is like one of those movies where I like I like kind of felt bad for the female. A- I mean, all the actors, but particularly the female actors, where it's like I had like secondhand embarrassment. It's like ah, oh, it's unfortunate that you were talked into being in this stupid exploitative movie I, mean, I think, but, Chi-Chi, uh, I think yeah. Chi-Chi makes the most of her her scenes uh, yeah she does and Chi-Chi is yeah. as I will note later is a fucking smoke show but uh, anyway so oh. uh, eventually Roshi recaps and then, the st- and then the movie becomes Power Rangers is what happens next yeah if you want to take um, it from here Lloyd I, I would love to. It's uh, we 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 smash cut to the flying airship of uh, of <laughs> yeah, Lord Piccolo, and uh, and and Piccolo has strapped himself into a oh this scene is so um, stupid. This, this, chair. This, come, this is another one of these scenes. And, uh, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, because and 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 the ninja woman is there, and and she's like, they will have your they will like your your blood will give them life. <laughs> And, uh, Wait, are we there already? Like did, we, did we skip all this stuff? His arms. Is it already? Like, first they get out of the pit, right? Like, Roshi suddenly, he recaps the story of Piccolo and Asaru, they, right? Well, when they grab the Dragon Ball, it uh-huh. gives the, when they drag the, grab the Dragon Ball, it gives Goku the story of what happened. And no, you're he, getting way ahead. Okay. No, no. We're all yeah, out yeah. of order. Um, okay. Oh, so they're okay, still so going, they're saying, still going, but we're first, cutting like, to the uh, ship. Roshi. Okay. They're like stuck in the pit. They're at a campfire, and Roshi like recaps the fucking piccolo bullshit or whatever. And then like Yamcha's like, "Are you sure you blah blah blah?" But then Roshi suddenly has the ability to just leap out of the pit, and he's like, "All right, that's enough." And it's like, "Why didn't you do that in the first place?" And then like Yamcha agrees to like help them for a price, and then they go mining for the Dragon Ball, and they find it. And then I think they go to the piccolo thing, right? Because then, then they go they're to the in lava thing. land. But describe what yes. happens at yes. like the the weird piccolo blood transfusion. Yeah. So so Piccolo's blood is drained by this airship's machine and he has the technology to create these creatures from his blood, from his essence, um, from his, his virile, um, you know, viscous liquid. <laughs> it's a really and, uh, and I actually made a note here. I said Piccolo has a very, in this, like Piccolo has a very male porn star vibe. He's like very yeah, fleshy yeah. and meaty and corporeal, and he doesn't have like a very expressive face. He has these like guttural mm-hmm. wails, like ah, ah. It all just like reminded me of like the male porn star you only kind of glimpse in porn, <laughs> who has this kind of like That's dumb, right. stolid, right. hyper masculine, mm-hmm. heavy breathing facial expression. But he's just kind of like <laughs> hovering there, like uh, uh, like this. Very much the Piccolo vibe I got. But yeah, go on. Yes, yes, and and through this kind of this. Uh, this act of creation there's there's suddenly a bunch of uh 
of minions that are growing in these are, in these incubation yeah uh, and pods. they're, they're kind of they're kind of like they're, they're like slime and they're like kind of taking form but they're not completely which you only um, ever see in like shadows because like the cgi is clearly not advanced enough that they yeah, kind of wanted yeah. to hide it i feel like like they're yes. i guess and so and so these these creatures are are dropped to to earth and they immediately inhabit the same cave that our heroes amazingly have like just how, now boarded like right into. away yeah, I don't Oliver, understand. do you want to take it from yeah. here? They're like traversing this like this like volcanic hellscape, this fire and brimstone, if you remember. Yeah, and they like they begin fighting them, right? Like they somehow run in how do they run into them? Like that that's what Lloyd was saying. Like they 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 run into them almost immediately. They're dropped in almost immediately. There's some shtick with Yamsha getting steam blown into his crotch. I don't want to skip over that, but yes, go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there <laughs> We all laughed, I'm sure. Yeah. From there, like oh, yes. there's just a lot of battling back and forth with them, right? Like that's that's it. Like, I, I mean, in terms of in terms of the sequence, what else happens there? Well, I, I, Goku I mean, starts it, kicking it, ass, and it's clear that the training is starting yeah, to pay yeah, off. He, oh, yeah, and Roshi's right. like, "Oh, damn! Doing a headstand and carrying a backpack is starting to pay off." And he defeats them, and with his new agility, he hopscotches across the that's pool it, of lava to get the to get the ball. Right? Yes, and, and then what happens when back. he grabs the dragon ball? That's when he has the memory, right? He has the yeah. memory, which or like the memory that's in the ball, and that helps him whatever figure out uh, the, the the sort of backstory that he needs to know about what's going on there. They the future, Asaru the future. again, whoever that is, we have to defeat Asaru. Who's going to kill Yoshi, Roshi, Right, like that's yes, that's yes. It's like it is right written there. that he will kill Roshi. He has a he has a brief bout with I guess Mai or the spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, she uh, reappears, uh, but is not is not able to do very much. Like. And then she quickly yes. gets out of there. They miss, like, does she escape before they talk to Roshi about? Yeah, yeah, she, she gets, gets away. Yeah. She gets away, yeah. And the, then, uh, the, the last shot in the scene is her hiding above them. And so okay. she knows where they're going. Yeah, and then Roshi, so Roshi makes some allusion to needing to get some kind of vessel or whatever. But next we yeah. see there's a fighting tournament where Chi-Chi is fighting none other than Spacesuit Girl. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of hot. I'm, I was into it. They're fighting, and it, the movie comes alive for a second. Um, but then Spacesuit Girl, she, like, kind of, uh, 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 she, like, slashes Chi-Chi. It's the only time we really see blood in the movie, right? Like, yes, and it's, like, just, like, like a flesh wound. Yeah. But then she disqualifies herself. She steps out of the ring, and Chi-Chi's like, why are you even fighting if you're just going to bat a You know, and she just kind of, yeah. like, smiles. It's like, Chi-Chi is the winner. And uh, then suddenly Goku shows up and uh, she's like, Goku, I can see you, you know, and they like have like their same like flat flirty banner uh, banter. And he's like, what does he say? He's like, there's something I need to tell you. Or it's like something significant is occurring. And uh, next we see Bulma and Yamcha hanging out, talking about how sad they are and how everyone's going to die. Because at this point, they're like, there's no way we're going to beat fucking Asaru and Piccolo, whoever that is. So they're all like, kind of doomers at this point. And they have like more like translated into English from another language, bad banter, made me feel embarrassed on the behalf of the actors. And, and curiously, the movie sets up two white Asian romantic relationships you would think they would want to shy away from race mixing, given the the international market. But I don't. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, maybe maybe. maybe I want to hear both your opinions. But Ooh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Hmm. I. Hmm. We can get back I, to that. I, but, I mean, it uh, seems like the I movie, wonder. even the, despite all the casting, all the different, because we're going to get Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters down the line. But like, oh fuck, is that who that is? Yeah, yeah, it's Ernie Hudson yeah. from oh, Ghostbusters uh, doing a doing a blind master type of role. But like, 
Mm -hmm. uh, we, well, we don't want to spoil that for people, but it seemed to me like the movie is post-racial rather than racial. Like, well, it's because it's like it's clearly prioritizing. Like, it's clearly like they're they're trying to split the difference between an American and East Asian market. I mean, the Yamcha so guy like is the just like a K-pop star. Like, he's like a K. He's only been in like two or one movie. Like, yeah, so it's like a hodgepodge. It's like all right, the source material is obviously Japanese. Look, it has to be in English. The main guy and girl has to be white, but all the other ones could be different <laughs> kinds of Asians. And up. even if it doesn't make sense, given their their bloodlines, that's that's just cool. That's people will love it. Um, but so that seems to be what what it resulted in. But um, which I don't mind. That's 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 fine. No, it's me. fine. I'm able to like, suspend my dis my disbelief or whatever. But okay, so this leads yeah. us to a key scene to me. So Roshi is teaching Goku the iconic Kamehameha wave in like a courtyard right. at night, and uh, they call key airbending, which is hilarious because it just seems like a transparent rip of that of that other cartoon. Yeah, yeah, which got a movie around the same time, right? Or maybe yeah, a few years after, <laughs> year or two. Yeah. But it was popular yeah. on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah, and he directed by M. Night Shyamalan, nonetheless. Yes. But uh, he demonstrates, <laughs> Roshi demonstrates, and he like lights a lantern with it, and he leaves Goku to practice. Like, you need to light those lanterns. So Goku's practicing, he's trying to light the lantern with his key, and then he's like, fuck, it's not working. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna try and get a head start. I'm gonna like light a match and get a little bit of a flame going. So he goes to cheat, but then he stops. Stop, that's cheating. Who is it in the alleyway? Chi Chi, looking fucking cute as hell in a white dress. Titties popping, just fucking looking great. And like, it was in this moment where I was like, I was so enamored of like the Chi Chi character where I was like, damn dude, like the Goku actor is so charmless. It's like for like specifically these movies where there's like a chosen one white guy, the white guy is like so rarely charismatic. You know, he's he's just always like a void or whatever. But anyway, this is important. This is maybe the, the key scene to me and the most blasphemous scene to me. So Chi Chi proposes, she's like, hey, you're not able to light those lanterns? <laughs> Maybe you need an incentive. So she suggests that, so there's like lanterns like lining the courtyard. She's like, every time you light a lantern, you can take another step toward me. And yeah. uh, what's insinuated is that once he reaches her, he will be rewarded with a kiss. And I hate this because this suggests <laughs> that Goku can only access his power through horniness. Which is not true at all. Mm. That's the only way he Whereas can. in the source material, yeah. the exact opposite is the truth. He is powerful and pure because he is unhorned. He only wants power. This is wildly offensive. He only wants power. He has no <laughs> ulterior motive other than to he be He's powerful the because he is so monofixated on power that he doesn't even fucking think of pussy. Yeah. But this inverts it and suggests that he only becomes powerful by way of a desire for pussy. It truly is This a is terrible. like fucking burning the Quran in front of my fucking face. It truly is a terrible thing. Oliver. Like, that's what the character is all about. He is a man of power as as the strongest man here <laughs> like when when you're when you're doing like a like a like a difficult lift what is the furthest thing from your mind what is what is what is what is going through your head what is not going through your head uh usually because i know usually i, know I that just like visualize the, tried to visualize it beforehand like what i'm going to do and then you know i'm hoping that i can complete it a woman's wedded canyon I, I tell you, none of that stuff that helped him there has ever helped me. That's never well, been. Lloyd That's what I'm at is that okay. do you feel that your drive towards becoming more powerful is part and parcel with a disregard for 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 sex? Um, I definitely think that you, I I don't see them as truly compatible in the way this movie does. I think that. I Thank think you. that if you are interested, I mean, you know, a man only has so many hobbies. 
and he only has time mm. for so many hobbies. So to become the strongest, and I think this goes for real life too, you can't have any other you can't have any other interest besides becoming the strongest. Like ultimately the the strongest guy is the one that just takes steroids all day and works out all day and has no Not other has no other life. Like it's the only thing he's yeah. going to be good because he doesn't need to be good at anything else. So I think that Goku, the original Goku is is the purest way to the truth. This this version of it is is some kind of fantasy. I don't think any guy and this goes for like for people that might not know like strength all that well, like gaming, you know, if you're into gaming, right? Like the best gamers only game. Like when you reach the pinnacle, you're gaming 20 hours a day. You know, there's not mm. much else that makes its way into your life or out of your life. You're just on the computer. And I agree. I just want to highlight a bit of nuance though. It's not just that Goku is is denying himself sex. It's not even Goku best. in the source material has no inherent okay. interest in it's it. Not even and that's what frees mind. him to be so monofixated. He is able yeah. to have two kids in the in the source material, but it's never Yeah, but that was after like Chi Chi groomed him essentially yeah, and like guided like, him towards yeah. that path. That he's was not clearly, his idea. He's clearly yeah. like me too to to have kids. Like there's no personal involvement. He's never shown a bit of spousal affection. He's always well, like ever... he wasn't opposed to it, but it's like, oh ha! I suppose I could put my dick in yeah. your pussy. He's, he's <laughs> only, but then I want to train with Krillin to become more powerful. <laughs> he's, but, only, uh... <laughs> he's only henpecked. Like, his personal life is just him being henpecked. And then... But he's also a terrible husband. Terrible, like, he yeah, dies, he's, he's going to leave he, like, it He makes up. his seven-year-old son fight like murderers from another planet. But anyway, all right. So finally, he lights all the lanterns. Him and Chi-Chi kiss. And then in dramatic fashion, with his key, extinguishes the lanterns. Meanwhile, Fate Roshi, yeah, Roshi has this powwow... With this character, who I believe has no basis in the no, source he material doesn't. He at doesn't. all, C- Sifo, whatever. No, I mean, I, I yeah. guess he's supposed to be sort of like who? Who does the original ceiling spell? In I don't. I, that doesn't even ring a bell. Ceiling spell. Master Roshi pulls it's, out uh, a ceiling spell. In it's like it's, I think it's used in one of the. It's used in the original Dragon Ball. Then it's pulled out in Dragon Ball Super. When Roshi is fighting in the interplanetary tournament, he pulls out again. He's able to pull someone down into like a pot or something. And I, I don't think, know Dragon I Ball think, Super. I think King. I think in Dragon Ball, King Piccolo is sealed in a pot or something at some point yes, or a lamp. Yes, yes, yes. So this is the is ceiling it, spell. Is it Kami? I'm is not sure if it's. It might have been Kami that did it, or it might have been the cat. But I think it's Kami because Kami. I know the, the one, cat. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He's the one who gives Corrin people sense or, to beats. Corrin, yeah. Master Corrin, 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 Master Corrin. Corrin, Corrin, Corrin. It's, it's never Ooh. explained Damn, why I he's a master. There. I was having a heart attack. It's never explained why he's a master or what his power level. He's stronger than Roshi. We know Let's that. assume that. So, who was originally a white fluffy cat in the manga is now uh, a, a African American mystic here with a white and, mustache. Uh, yeah, with like nonetheless like a vaguely orient- orientalist yeah. dojo that he resides and in. He's got a Fu Manchu and everything. So, yes, yeah. yes. And so they he talk. says Namaste in the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, They're, they say that to each other multiple times. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, again, just like kind of yeah. deploying anything that feels vaguely right. <laughs> I like, love to have yeah, written this thing. Yeah. It could have written in an hour. <laughs> All right. So elsewhere, this cross cuts to Bulma's napping, but she is awoken by something. Uh, they're all like staying in this like I don't know this like wherever the fuck they're None staying. None of these Mountain transitions monastery. make any sense. Yeah, yeah, sense. like some kind of monastery hotel. She steps into the hall and out through the uh, uh, the sliding doors beside her comes Chi Chi, and uh, 
she was like, oh, excuse me. And Bone was like, oh, it's all good. And then she like kind of scampers by and she was like, damn, they were fucking dogs. And uh, (laughs) which only bothered me more. Never have I been more disappointed by one of my proverbial boys getting pussy but anyway she disappears then Yamcha enters the hall and he and Bulma are like hey what do you know they boffed and it's like oh it's always the quiet ones and then Goku comes <laughs> back in the hall and has like quintessential fresh pussy getting energy just like fucking brushing his teeth and he's like hey what's going on but then we hear a Chi Chi turns out Bulma's like huh what turns out Chi Chi is running off with the Dragon Balls typical what? she fucks Goku and then the rich fucking takes the Dragon Balls. I'm just, you know, no. make of that as, as, but anyway, but it turns out it's not Chi-Chi because then she's mm. stopped by another Chi-Chi. She's some kind of uh, 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 duplicate. She's kind of imposter. And then Goku- She's done blood magic. Yeah, yeah, that's Lloyd, the blood ahead of us, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, they're fighting. Goku tries to intervene and it's that classic dilemma where it's like, all right, which one is my hoe and which one is the imposter? You know, and he's like, trust me, Goku, trust me. And Goku's like, oh, blah, 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 I trust you. And he like knocks one out, but it's like, fuck, it's the wrong Chi-Chi. And the other one shoots him with a ray gun and makes off with the Dragon Balls, right? Yeah, despite having the energy to, to knock both out, which would be the only logical move. He just picked one. <laughs> like, he's already demonstrated. When in doubt, knock both the He's already out. demonstrated that he can defeat either one of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like instead, he he's like freaking again. It's like Looney Tunes, where he he's trying to to you know, puzzle his way to an answer and, and screws up. Yeah, mm. but, but then as Chichi, as the decoy Chichi is leaving, it she transforms back into Mai or the spacesuit lady, and it's like presumably she in slashing Chichi at the tournament, she used that to somehow be able to create right. some kind of that costume or whatever. And she jumps off into the Los Angeles skyline. I guess that's where this and, uh, is. I guess where we. It are. appears to be the Los Angeles skyline. Like, it's. Uh, but they were just in like a. The they light. were just in like a, a dojo monastery. Yeah, where, where yes, they jump little, over the wall yeah. of the monastery, and it's listen. It must be in what's a Los Angeles neighborhood? Encino Hills. Koreatown. <laughs> Yeah. We're in Koreatown, you know, and you, you're, there's a monastery there for some reason. So, like, That's Roshi right. elects to, like, Goku's in bad shape. So, Goku, so, like, Roshi, he, like, starts putting all of his energy into Goku to revive him. And it's basically presumed that he does it to such an extent that it, like, comes at the expense of Roshi's own life force, right? And then, like, Goku has, like, another fever dream where he like confers with grandpa Gohan, I think. And it's the same like unhelpful platitudes, like just remember who you are. And he's like, Oh, but but like, what about Piccolo? I literally could not be any clearer than that. You know? And then he like wakes up and Roshi's like, and then like what, uh, Piccolo's on some mountaintop, right? Lloyd, you, you want to take it from here? You remember? Yep. Oh boy. So there is a, a shockingly abrupt transition where Yamcha's incredibly abrupt Yamcha's van, yeah, Yamcha's van has some rockets in the wheels, yeah. and they and they immediately fly from <laughs> this monastery in Encino Hills to just the canyons from the anime. Like at this point, we are just canyons. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like canyons. yeah. But yeah, meanwhile, Piccolo uh, and Mai have a, have arranged the Dragon Balls at the top of this mountaintop. And, mm-hmm. and Piccolo is kind of monologuing about how the world has cucked him, and he like mm-hmm. he, he like finishes soliloquy with with these Dragon Balls. I take my vengeance on the Earth, and then the Dragon Balls hover from the ground, and the Earth starts opening up from underneath them, shifting tectonic plates, and then that's when Yamcha's jeep goes airborne. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which doesn't make um, a damn bit of sense. Like it's. Uh, I also made a note that Piccolo in many shots here looks like fatter, and the makeup looks more poorly applied. It's not. It's not very consistent. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. it is like it's, bad. A bad version of the makeup that we'd see later on the Night King in the uh, the Game of Thrones series. Yeah. That, I mean, well, that's, that's CGI. <laughs> like that's the thing, though. Like one of the things that like this is like. Like Hollywood product has gotten so bad that I feel like it's easy to fall into this trap where you like overpraise garbage from the recent past. Cause like part of me kind of likes that like the antagonist is like makeup instead of being like a full figure CGI. Oh yeah, I'd rather the actors have to put on makeup or get in a puppet suit every day of the week. So I kind of yeah. liked that he has makeup, but that doesn't distract from the fact that yeah, whatever. What what happens next, and, Lloyd, or whatever? And I, I just want to I just want to make a quick point about Piccolo's makeup. Like very clearly, you can kind of tell that the director wanted it to be something more, but the actor was like, no, like this shit sucks. Just like give me like a little bit more chin. And I'm fine. Yeah. And like and like green paint. I'm not spending two the hours in the makeup chair. The actor who plays Piccolo from that first close up does not look happy to be here. No, no. Yeah. Like this is he's it, it is a. Uh, Listen, he he does a a, a journeyman's truly work here. Truly a yeah, journeyman's job. Yeah. No, nothing yeah. beyond that. So anyway, uh, no. Yamcha's jeep is rotating around their kind of like mountaintop uh, uh, kind of little sanctuary, and from the jeep, Chow Yun Fat as Roshi shoots a Kamehameha wave, and it fucking wrecks Piccolo's shit, and the Dragon Balls go scattering, and now Piccolo is pissed, mm-hmm. right? And Piccolo, but but then their jeep crashes. And then Piccolo mm-hmm. Piss leaps down to fight our crew. And uh, we see that Goku is finally suddenly donning his iconic gi. Um, yep. And Goku yep. is like, we're going to fucking wreck your shit, Piccolo. Um, and he's like, we will destroy Osaru. And Piccolo is like, bitch, look at the full moon. And then Goku mm-hmm. looks at the full moon and Piccolo's like, mm-hmm. bitch, you are Osaru. And so it turns out Osaru, again, I don't believe this is in the source material, but Osaru is the name they give to the great monkey Goku turns into. And so Goku, the actor, Goku, the actor is now tasked with conjuring like a writhing facial expression that must now best all his previous veiny (laughs) facial expressions. (laughs) It's really something. And he does so while Um, Piccolo fills us in on like the whole Goku myth that we all are familiar with. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you came here from outer space and you become this monster. And like, you're actually this monster at a full moon and that's why your grandpa doesn't let you out at night. And it's funny because like, this was foreshadowed but it was foreshadowed like only once 60 minutes earlier in the movie. And I feel like they didn't like ladle this out enough that it isn't like too much to take all at once at the end. Like they didn't color this in enough that it wouldn't be uh, utterly confounding. If I, if I to, didn't like, know an, the show, I would have the damnedest time keeping up with the changes of players. You'd be like, what the fuck? The He's monkey, an alien the who turns into a... Is, is the strangest because... I mean, the whole point of the monkey lore in the original is that, that he kills Grandpa Gohan, right? Like, that's what he, yeah, he does yeah, yeah. as a monkey man. And, like, Roshi knows something about that uh, or whatever. But this this is just bizarre as hell. And it, it's totally out of left field. And I think nobody watching this movie would have expected the male lead to become a monkey. Yeah, like, again, they do foreshadow it 
a little bit, but it's like if you had no foreknowledge, no. they do not do enough of work to prepare you for this. It's like, damn, this is wacky. He's an alien werewolf thing all of a sudden. He was being brought to Piccolo all along to be transformed into this thing. Because the last thing you're going to do with that monkey is control it in the, in the comics. Yes, well, he becomes the CGI werewolf monkey, and the CGI looks like dog shit. Um, <laughs> it does look pretty bad. And Piccolo commands him to attack his friends. I have to say though, at this point in the movie, it reaches such a level of silliness that I think it almost works or it, like, it gives us a glimpse of the movie that could have been. Like there's a lot of yelling and energy blast and wild stupid shit that like almost recalls the source material or something like Spy Kids or, 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 or something in a way that like I almost found funny and endearing. Like if the whole movie were just like, <laughs> with like a lot of like what cheesy does, I, bright lights and like sets and shit for, like that. For you guys, what does Yamcha do offensively in the entire movie? Well, he does. He does a little bit further. I think he knocks out Mai before she kills Boma, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But we before that, I don't think we see him do anything. He had a drill. Yeah, that was much earlier to, to find the, the Dragon Ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one's really bringing anything to the table here besides. But that character could have been omitted entirely. Like yeah. you could have just flown yeah. the rocket. I mean, to really condense well, he's the got plot. The, he's got the flying jeep. But you could have had that. I mean, Capsule Corp could have made that thing. Like why? All right, would... Oliver, but he's also like a cool guy. I think they just needed know? to get this guy. I, think I wish Yamcha, get... the character, was the director of the film <laughs> yeah. IRL, because mm. then it would be hornier. It would be louder. It would be sillier. It would be. Mm-hmm. It would reach the level of camp that this movie desperately needs. But this movie is snagged between being like insipid camp and something that is still <laughs> yeah. preoccupied with like advancing a franchise. Yeah, yeah. But what we do have hubris. What we do have right now is uh is is Goku has been unwillingly transformed into a Saru and like obviously like like the climax, like the halfway point of this film has arrived. But well, no, it's the climax, are, not the halfway point. Jesus, it's, it, it is We're the climax. Well but the there are there are there are fewer than ten minutes left in this movie. <laughs> he attacks so. Roshi. He's strangling Roshi. The prophecy is being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they and they set about wrapping this shit up as quickly as <laughs> they can. The, the oh, Roshi. Uh, Roshi is trying to reason with him. Chow Young Fat is being strangled by this by this screensaver. I didn't think that's how he was going to die, but I actually had to rewind it to get a sense that like. Like, I thought it'd be like an epic slugfest, but he's just... Str- like, how often do you see an, a character that critical die by a strangulation? It's, uh... I can't it, say. It's, 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 it's not what Roshi deserves. Okay, it's setting as, us up for the real fight, which is between Goku and Piccolo. Which is still right? isn't much mm-hmm. of a fight, because be there's ten minutes left. Like, it's a couple blow explosions. Roshi's being strangled. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't uh, let Asaru destroy the Goku in you and shit like that. He's like, oh, remember, blah, blah, blah. And Goku, he, he starts to resist. And then finally he tracks, he transforms back into his old self. Piccolo says, impossible. And then recalling the pivotal first line from the beginning of the movie, or not the first line, but the, the most pivotal one, first rule, there are no rules. There are no rules. Now, and at this point. Yes. Now Goku and Piccolo are exchanging energy blasts while the women have a cave set gunfight. Bulma throws her capsule that opens up to a car, but the other bitch dodges it. She's got Bulma on the ground. She's about to shoot her. Yamcha intervenes. We already talked about that. Goku says some shit like, I am Goku and Asaru. I must have faith in who I am. And he powers up. And then finally, 
him and Piccolo do the classic dueling energy blast. Whose load is going to be hotter and bigger? Who's going to triumph? They're both firing <laughs> at each other. And then Goku, we finally hear him shout, Kamehameha. I can't say I felt nothing. And Goku goes flying into the sky <laughs> and hits Piccolo. And Piccolo is floored and seemingly knocked unconscious. Weirdly an unceremonious death. Like, we just kind of yeah. see him looking like he's asleep. Like, we don't see him disintegrated or whatever. Well, it's unceremonious, but it's not It's not the end for Piccolo. As far as we know, yeah. No, as far as we know. No, no he I survived. think we can be pretty no, sure he that survived. he's... No, I think we can be pretty the, sure that he's... You, no, 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 wait, 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 Oliver, no. Oliver. Clearly the man's, like, like Piccolo's dead. Of course, of course. It's It's been communicated to us through film language. I went to film school. Though, though that still, it is, dead. I suppose it is open enough that if this movie were to have a sequel, they could be like, no, actually, there's a mid it wasn't. Credit, there's a mid-credits scene where Piccolo is alive and being nursed. Oh, fuck, I didn't stay for the credits. Yeah, there's a mid-credits scene, the villager that they oh, spare no. in the beginning oh, of stop, the movie. Of we'll get, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he's It's he important alive. we go in order here. He's going right. to be set up to be the good Piccolo in the next movie stop, when they fight Oliver. Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the team regroups and they find dead Roshi. Goku is bummed, but then it occurs to Goku to use the Dragon Balls. They put the Dragon Balls together. They summon up a shitty CGI serpentine <laughs> Shenlong. Yeah. <laughs> this was supposed to be the high point of the whole yeah. thing. It's called Dragon Ball. So they, they have the dragon bring Roshi back to life. He's back to life. Roshi is back. The dragon balls scatter. And Bulma's like, guess we'll have to find them yeah, again. Yeah, that's... You ready? <laughs> and Goku is like, I just have one more thing to do. Cut to, we see Chi-Chi practicing some moves in the courtyard where they first kissed. Goku appears, swaggering, cock newly embiggened. They make out. He apologizes for accidentally assaulting her. And she's like, yeah, you hit me. They have, like, cheeky... Uh, bickering but then she's like if our relationship is going to last we have to settle this next thing you know they're like smiling in a ring they run towards each other shouting they jump in the air about to fight freeze frame credits that's the movie Mm -hmm. and uh, I just want to restate that this movie in total is only 80 minutes long and it has like 8 minutes of credits (laughs) including including this post credit scene where Piccolo I didn't watch this so you guys tell me about the post credit scene Piccolo's alive. Paint us the picture. Piccolo's alive. Like you, you see Piccolo being nursed back to health by the villager who wasn't killed in the first scene by Mai. Wait. Oh my God. Wait, the lady that we assume is killed? She is not killed. Though, even though the film language tells you. So what I think this means is that the next movie, like I said, Piccolo is going to come back as the good guy. And the next movie, which I'm confident will be coming. Yeah. Oh, sure. It'll, it'll, be starring, yeah. it'll be starring, uh, you know, like uh, Seth Cohen from the OC as Vegeta. And then this guy, uh, again, with the big hair as as Goku. And Wait, does it does it allude to Vegeta? No, but I, I mean, who would be the next? He's next in the villain cycle. Unless they fight, because it's not going to be the son of Piccolo, because this Piccolo doesn't survive to spit well, out another Piccolo. already jumped all the way ahead to Piccolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy's this Piccolo doesn't spit things out to create them. He has to have his blood extracted. Uh, yeah. But but this, but this I, I guess the, oh they, they would be doing the DBZ saga. I think that had to have been the plan. And then the next one would be the Frieza saga. I mean, there yeah, was I mean, three. who knows what plan they had? I remember I remember like being a, a much littler littler kid when this was announced so i feel like this like had a very long incubation period <laughs> but uh probably- closing thoughts this movie is bad um it is an unhappy admixture of like sure silliness and also like mainstream cliches it's like too concerned with being normal 
to be faithful to the source material and yet still to beholden to that source material to like be anything accessible to anyone else. Like I feel like this predates like the Hunger Games, but I feel like this wanted to be like a Twilight or Harry Potter-esque like YA fantasy. But it can't do that because it still has to pay lip service arbitrarily to the source material. Can you guys tell me why it's so short? Like why, like, I mean, uh, from your, you know, from your experience of film, like, why is this Well, I think it's short just because like this was clearly like, like, it must have just been a, a mess producing this movie. So it's just a matter of like How shooting much? it, maybe reshooting it. And then just like, there must've been like so much other stuff in it that just didn't work at all. And so like when a movie is this short, it usually means that it's like this like patchwork, like workshop to death mess that they just like cut down in an attempt to save it from being completely unsalvageably incomprehensible. I would have loved to have yeah. seen that then, like a, a 300 minute director's cut of all the garbage. Oh. That, this, that would have probably been what we needed, like all the junk that's thrown in there, uh, subplots, fights. Uh, it might have there might have been just different movies. Yeah, well, I just feel like it was so incoherent and there was probably, like, so many cooks with different agendas in the kitchen. But, like, just just to close this out, it's like, I don't know. Like, as I said earlier, like, I feel like it's easy for a certain strain of people to, like, go easy on, like, shit like this because modern blockbusters are, like, made on a conveyor belt and, like, would not even risk the idiosyncrasies that this movie arguably does. And this movie at times Mm -hmm. has, like... I, I don't know, like, you know, in self-consciousness or a tactility that I can like twist myself in a pretzel and convince myself like compares favorably with some like modern blockbusters. But so like at the there's... end of the day, like just just to, just to finish, like at the end of the day, I feel like maybe there is still something to be said for like savviness and baseline competence. Because like as much as I hate the MCU, if I had to choose between like watching this again and like Iron Man three. I would probably pick the latter. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. So, no, like, no. So like oh. the, I don't know if you guys agree, but, like, this is a different era's soullessness, and it has some qualities that I can appreciate, but it is soullessness nonetheless. And I think the best version of this movie is one that is, like, full throttle silly and loud and horny and that is more like a cartoon and is like full camp. I mean, that's the version I, that would have worked best next to it not existing at all. What do you guys think? As somebody that saw Speed Racer, like, and there's like great moments in it, like where John Goodman like wrestles somebody and throws him up in the air, and it's like so campy. If that had been the source material rather than the Speed Racer source material that the, the Wachowskis work yeah. with, that they could have done, they could have done something that that would have been like a four star potentially epic. I think they would have, they would have captured exactly what needed to be captured here the casting would have been so wrong it would have been perfect but i just i can't get over how condensed this movie is i i mean it might be one of the worst examples of an aborted franchise like one of the only the only times i haven't seen like too many aborted franchises in the theater but i went to see that golden compass movie not this shitty hbo thing that came back on also sucked but like i saw that movie in the theater and it was so clearly launching and trying to set up for another movie, but then it, they just didn't make anymore. That was it. It was done. Mm-hmm. But this is the this is yeah. the most aborted franchise. Like I've never seen anything. Like, did they release it knowing more work? They were just like, we got this one in the inventory, and we've got to push it out because mm-hmm. it was like Ralph said, like uh, announced a long time ago. Yeah. Lloyd, what do you think? Why is this movie the oh, way it boy. is? Why did it fail? And what could it have been? If anything, no, I mean, I, I, I remember 
seeing articles about kind of the debacle that was Dragon Ball Evolution, and like it's it's like it's like Oliver says, this is this is a example of a of a franchise just kind of dying on the table, um, and you have like I don't know, I I really I really appreciated watching this movie for what it was because it seemed like something that really got away from like multiple people and at a certain point like you're watching like you're watching a corpse and yeah, that's right what i really enjoyed I, I i watched like whoever whoever wanted this thing to be a reality like it failed and and it just kept failing and people kept trying to reach in and resuscitate it and like the actors hate being there like the cgi is stilted and forced and it's like obviously they had to remake so much of the shit in post and like this and and the last scene that that oliver described like like the the mid-credit scene mid-credits too. Where, why mid-credits yeah it's mid-credit there's 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 still there's still more credits to come <laughs> afterwards but like you, you have why? you have the you have the mysterious villager who like picks some herbs and like makes a poultice and they really make a meal out of it like the scene is <laughs> yes. not super short it's like three minutes long like she she picks an herb she like she like goes to the kitchen she makes the poultice and then she walks into this room and like like the this there's this very kind of menacing music that cut co- that comes on and it's like this figure in bed and it turns over and it's piccolo and he's not injured like he's not even scratched he's just kind of looking at he's like he looks at her with a like a shit-eating kind of like like a nothing on his face and like obviously they wanted this to be a franchise so hard and it just it just nosedived in a in a way that they couldn't let die there was there was too much baggage attached to it and i i appreciate this this horrifying kind of like putrefaction i res- like I I, I I respect it more for the mess it is than the efficient product we see today but that efficient yeah. product is probably more watchable. But I, of course, I mean, I want to avoid watching say, that product if I can. The, those movies, the today's movies are, are too long. They're two hours and twenty minutes each, and that's true. But this is only short yeah. because it was so yeah, it's unbelievably so misbegotten. Short. But I, I would say that yeah. this is the kind of mess that only like a room of people with like stupid executive brains from opposite sides of the globe can cobble together and that it should have been louder, even stupider and hornier. I would have liked to have seen some tits. Let me direct the reboot. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Oliver, be- <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at mustache club us on Twitter. You can find me on the what's left podcast, which I co-host uh, once a week uh, with bonus. That's episodes right. You're, be- you're, you're beginning your own podcast. Oh venture. yeah. Well, I, it's a pre-existing one. So I'm just slotted into the existing lineup. And then well, can I come on? Oh, hell yeah. oh yeah. 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 We're going to have more people on as we open up. So you go open season we're gonna talk maybe talk art ralph we did one on art sure. already but maybe talk film i'll talk whatever film and the left i'll talk whatever i can i can fake it with the best of them. i want to do, do film i want to do film uh so people can so you can promote your film i'm still yes, forcing, i'm still trying to force people to watch your film <laughs> you don't have to do that <laughs> no anymore. it was good That's i fine. thought it was good like it was but just like i'm like the only one that cares like i think i'm the only one that cares about millennial media enough to appreciate a movie about trying to <laughs> sell a piece that, that but like the best part of the movie is like she's not even getting paid in your movie it's he's true. doing the it's piece true. pro like on spec for vice or, that slash is true, yeah. or whatever it's lovely what what are the films what are the themes of the feeling well podcast well it's like maybe online culture it's dragon ball z and it's delenda 
That's yeah, Dragon uh, Ball Z. That's what we love to talk I, I'm, about. I'm here. here for that. Lloyd is betraying a strain of bitterness here. Oliver brought up my phone, not I. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm just I, I kind of opened the door for that when I came on talking the first time talking about. I mean, Ralph wants to talk about Dragon Ball Z. Like, not anymore. I've had my phone. Oh, yeah. He, he but, opened uh, the you, door. It was a it. gateway you drug can, for you, me. You grease the wheels. You grease the wheels. Yeah. yeah when you yeah. first brought it up to me, I was like, it, it reopened all those old memories. So I was like, oh, there it is. That's and right. Then, then you know, I forced it back on you, and now we've had two, three. You've had two, three episodes on Dragon Ball stuff. That's right, but I think with this this epic ep, we're going to take at least a break for a while. But uh, folks, yeah. follow Oliver on Twitter, listen to the What's Left pod, uh, follow Lloyd on Twitter at Void Howler, follow me at Hey Ralph Man, follow the pod at Feeling Well Pod. Oliver, thank you so Leave much for coming on, on again. Yes, yes, rate review us on iTunes for the love of fucking God. It takes you two seconds. Jesus Christ, yeah. Oliver, thanks so much for coming on again, man. Great to have you. Your thank muscles you, are right, more beautiful you. every day. All right, bye. Yeah, 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 y